Good on that them is good, for getting that done. It's a good thing you noticed that. You're the first. You're one of the first people to notice that. Yeah, I've I've kept my eye on the polls. Have you published this yet? Well, no. I you know there's still a lot of job openings that need to be That's filled. Fair. So can't just you know, put that out there. If anyone wants my wisdom, Jordan will blitz all night, but he would prefer to get pressure with three. That's what, that's his philosophy. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This here is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers. We talk about college football. We talk about lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com or at the wheel route on Twitter. Wheel route podcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pod, Center Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. The internet at large. Uh, my name's Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. Coming to you guys live from Stewart, Florida, um, where, you know, it's, it's good to it feels good to be home it's good feels good to be home on the skin i'll say that Temp, temps are hard, hard to hard to fathom more ideal temps going on around these parts right now so you know not to brag but just a little bit and uh yeah man i am just i've just been buckled in just mainlining college football news and notes for the last 36 hours so i am pretty stoked to get into it with you boys who else is here my name is Jordan Shank. I am in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where temps are ideal for cozy boy season, for those interested. Um, so also happy to report that. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. I would like to uh, get out ahead in front of the pack leading the campaign that Jordan Bohannon's records that he sets this year need to not count. They need to be disallowed. This sixth-year senior is bad for the game, and it's bad It's bad for sports. So um, it has nothing to do with the fact that he torched UVA tonight. Uh, yeah, no, it was... It it's was purely best. coincidental. That's, right, coincidental timing. Purely coincidental. Right. So please and thank you for supporting you, the cause. UVA almost came all the way back in that. They did. They did, I, I watched, guess. Came I watched all the way back. them lose. Yep. Well aware that yep. they almost came back. Jordan, I've been saying it for literally weeks now. You cannot watch UVA basketball until after Christmas. Once Christmas, once Christmas happens, we can tune in. You gotta let it kind of work some things out. You develop, you develop some unhealthy thoughts if you watch too much UVA basketball early in the season. No, I think I it keeps. Earlier. I think it keeps me keyed in to uh, no, to better no. coaching and uh, you better know. coaching. Yeah, yeah. So so losing. So we're okay with losing. Well, I mean, mean, these are these are early coaching. season games, Logan. We're That's what I'm saying. They don't matter. Coaching. So, like, don't don't you don't need that kind right, of right. But I like I like to know what we're working with, so I know if I should be mad that somebody's on the bench against NC State in late February. You should just be mad that Kihei Clark has still on this team and playing. Don't it's try terrible. to bait me into saying it's, mean things it's, about Kihei. It's, it's not going to work. It's this terrible. Is my New Year's resolution. The fact that the fact that that guy has had three straight years of run as like the primary ball handler and but the, usually scorer the past two years is unfathomable for a team that won a national championship two years ago. You know what? Let me let me be the first <laughs> to say something nice about Kihei tonight. He has a much improved three-point shot this year, and I'm happy to see it. The, it would have been great if that shot went in at the end, right? I hear I hear he missed one at the end. He yeah, could have improved it a, it a little bit more. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. It was a runner. Mm. That's Who usually his game. Here? That's his game. <clears throat> <laughs> My name is uh, Jason Crack, local basketball expert. Um, LBE. I uh, yeah, it's a little title. LBE SME things of that nature. SMDFTB. You put that uh, You put that in your email um, yeah. signature. Every email signature, obviously. I had to narrow it to three titles. So um, I am also in the friendly city of Harrisonburg where, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not on board with with the temperatures. It's not for me. As there's not enough. I don't have enough padding packed onto this rig right now. It's just, it's not good. Not about it. Too cold. Um, not for me, but I'm excited to be here after <laughs> after uh, an in-person meeting of the wheel route, not 72 oh, hours ago. I know, I know, tremendous. Lovely seeing you guys. Thank you yeah. for the hospitality and uh, good times. I'm very proud of us. I, I remain proud of us for playing golf in the conditions we played golf in yeah. on Friday. Some grinders. There were some there were some conversations I was having internally at the uh, at the warm up tee as the flurries were coming down um, that were you know all right we already paid so you know. <laughs> I, I the, the chip has been red. The, yeah. the chip has been red, but you know, shout out to David Johns. I was also, always. Uh, I was I was sore on Saturday. Oh yeah. Yeah, from just like shivering as much as I did, and like how hard my body had to work to keep me warm. Wow. That's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering if that. Room, bro. <laughs> it's good. True. I mean, that's always been true. Y'all got that. Y'all got that fancy now. new U rack in there, all filled with dumbbells. Ain't a single one of them get picked up. I didn't mm -hmm. build build the new convocation center so jason craig could continue continue shivering so hard it makes him sore <laughs> there's got to be a fancy new weight room in there you can take advantage of there is i've seen it is, actually yeah, yeah uh, jason, in -person tour. i got the back of the back uh behind back the scenes tour yeah um jordan you'll be happy to know very creepily though there is a mascot like a, a mascot <laughs> without a person in it we think um just we sitting desperately hope we really hope there's not a person in the mascot just sitting like like propped up as if someone maybe was in it like in the stands just by itself it was pretty freaky we walked by it a couple times just to see so it's like, like positioned in a chair yes yeah it's just, yeah, like, it's like, it's just hanging out it's like, like seated like next to where maybe say the pet band might might be it gets used during games but they don't move it anywhere so they just leave it there right so like, like put it out up. in the most open air space to dry <laughs> that they can think of like well let's Doesn't put it in yeah. really big right, it gets used during games like, they wait till the entire convo is empty and then the guy emerges like a like a cicada from his husk. He molts. All right, well, we found a way to make this horrifying and disgusting. So, <laughs> Anyways, golf was great. It was just delightful. Absolutely, yes. All right, what are we drinking? Uh, I've got more raspberry lime polar, just keeping it consistent over here. I do love that you delayed your picks uh, into the text chat until you could get a raspberry lime polar. That was Smart. great. That was a great touch. It was, move. it was because I won again this week. So, hey. <laughs> Congratulations, man! I, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm glad someone's doing some winning around here. Oh man! I'm glad I, I was not uh, betting real shekels this weekend again on my picks on this format. I'm a value um, seeker. I'm a value seeker. I don't know what to tell you, Jason. What you got? That's that's what you tell us. You do know what to tell us. <laughs> um, I am drinking a Cigar City Fancy Papers as delivered unto me by the White House family. Right. One of Florida's premier craft breweries. Uh, do you like it? Is it good? I don't know. You might not like it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I'm usually yeah. not like, like uh, there are a lot of words in this description that are not usually my cup of tea, but it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. 
Listen, the hazy IPA vibe is the vibes are up with the hazy IPAs. I must say. Yeah, it'll help you put some natural insulation on there. Yeah, that's it's what un, I mean. it's yeah. it's unfiltered season. All right. Um, that's why I drink. Uh, that's why I smoke it was, camels. It was this. nice and toasty for uh, for semi Sunday. Is all I'm saying. That was warm. <laughs> Jordan can vouch the muscles were the muscles were limber on that. Yeah, day. maybe a little too loose. Maybe a little too loose. <laughs> gotcha. Love to see it. Um, I'm drinking. Uh, what is this? Mango Lacroix with a little bit of orange juice. What is this? So back, back on my BS as as they say. As Getting your vitamin C. Love to see that during cold yep. season. <laughs> yes, yes, staying healthy. Um, cool. All right. Well, like I said, uh, happy Thanksgiving, belated to everybody. We didn't yeah. skip the midweek episode last week, but we got the picks in because you know we we had to give them to you guys. Um, hope everybody's Thanksgiving was uh, merry and bright. Seems like everybody was like a little bit all over, people in and out, doing different things. Some some off. Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving celebrations. Love, love a good one of those. Um, anything to report from the home front, or shall we keep it moving? Uh, not really. I got to see all the siblings and uh, played another round of Heritage Jokes golf on uh, Friday mor- or Saturday morning when we had a frost delay, um, and it was actually like it was actually nicer for the duration of the round because there sure. was next to no wind. That was oh, the, that was the biggest problem on Friday. Was that was the really wind rough. cutting through everything. Yeah, but the the like wild thing about the frost delay was we had the nine twelve tea time, and they told us, "Well, you guys are second on the sheet, and the people in front of you haven't shown up. They probably won't show up. They're kind of like fair weather regulars." So I was like, "All right, great." So we waited. Uh, we were released forty five minutes later, and uh, like got out there. And the first probably five or six holes, I tried to fix a pitch mark on the green, and the metal divot repair tool would not penetrate the ground. It was so hard. Oh, wow. So we just let it thaw out and let the super have something to do that afternoon. So That's a good point. Uh, that's it's impressive surprise. that you could still make a ball mark. Yeah, well, like if you when, couldn't, when if you, you couldn't drop him the down the chimney in. like I do, Jason. Well, preach on it. Preach He's on a high it. spin rate player, Jason. We've been over this. <laughs> high yeah, launch. We've talked about this. The spin on his... of descent. <laughs> this, the... <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, lo- love that. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I did play yesterday as well. Got out. Little solo round. Made it around. Beautiful. Another heritage, you know. We, we're keeping it heritage themed yeah. around here. Heritage. Heritage, boys. Here. So, um, heritage, yeah. not hate. Don't forget it. <laughs> I won't. I shan't. I'm I shan't. I'm I shan't forget it. So, um, all right. We'll, uh, we'll we'll keep it grinding here. We got a lot to get to uh, this evening. There's been a lot of happening uh, around adjacent to college football and the like. Uh, so, but first things first. Let's let's talk about the games we we picked. Let's talk about a couple games and results from the weekend that was. And then we'll jump, we're going to circle back around and jump into what will likely be a lengthy recap and discussion of the coaching carousel, which is just spinning out of control. It's off the rails at this point. I don't. It's like a coaching centrifuge at this point. Yes. Every year. Yeah. Every year we, I feel like we say some version of like, oh, I don't know, COVID, you know, probably not going to be too many coaches lose their jobs. Oh, I don't know this year. Uh, You know, you got to think that like last year was kind of a weird year. So we'll see how it goes. And. Uh, it would appear that people are flush with cash and ready to splash. So, you know, good, good for them. 
And, um, you know, shout out to the Gators. We got a new big whistle in Gainesville, too. So, you know, my heart is relieved. Well, and I'm that's glad what, to hear that's, that. That's what, that's what you guys are here for. So, Jordan, actually, before we get to Jordan, let's talk through a couple uh, games that we did not pick. Uh, but it's just a banger of a weekend of actual football, too, which was awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> side note. Action packed. Uh, I was driving home all day Saturday. I did not watch a second of football on Saturday. Um, actually, I might have watched a little bit like late night of a game that was wrapping up. I did listen to uh, the, the bounce around coverage. My wife, shout out to my wife for just, you know, just dealing with that for a lot of South Carolina I-95, you know, uh, stuck in traffic situations as we bounced to and fro far and wide uh, listening to college football games. Um, but I'll just run through these real quick. Please jump in as needed. Cincinnati marches the, on to the AAC championship game. They're undefeated. They beat ECU, I think. Um, not much to say here. 35-13, I believe. Looks like they took care of business. Um, any thoughts on Cincinnati? They continue to do what is required. It's yes. good for them. That is true. I have been proud of their answering the bell the past couple of weeks to I know we've, you know, sort of been asking for mythical style points. So uh, I'm glad that they have achieved some mythical style. And points. Luke Fickle stayed out of the the carousel so far. Ah, has he? Has so far? Yes. Yeah, so More far. on that later. We'll see. All right, Pitt versus Wake Forest in your ACC championship game. Uh, Ten win Pitt regular season. Shout out to Pitt. Shout out to Wake Forest. Um, just, just a weird year. Weird year in the ACC. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Can't really. You know, I'm not super thrilled to be checking in on this one uh, this weekend. Uh, the Wake Forest mesh play sort oh, of freaks yes, me out. Are. Bet the over. Bet the well, over. You'll be thrilled uh, to check oh, in. Oh, Jordan. Now we're talking, Jordan. There we go. I'll check in on that. All right, Jason, I was sitting on your couch watching this unfurl live. North Carolina was at North Carolina State on, what was that, Thursday night, Friday night? Friday, Friday night. night. And, I mean, North Carolina with just an all-time watching of of uh, of, of the, fo- the football game there up 10 with like a minute 30 to go and nine. up nine sorry up nine yeah with, were they up nine yeah it was 30 to 21 but they won by four yeah they they didn't get the two-point conversion at the end they did not get it i yeah. gotcha um okay so anyhow nc state uh Randomly just throws a 67 yard touchdown pass. Uh, that was not, I mean, just, just not, not good. Not you just, you just ran, you just ran past everybody completely yeah. uncovered. And Mecca and Messi. Yeah, just completely uncovered. And then like 30 seconds later, they got the ball back and, um, he just mossed a dude in the end zone, same guy. And, and that was that. And then North Carolina down by four marching down the field, couldn't get it done. But shout out to ESPN for having the uh, the the field goal line graphic on the field when the team was down by four. Love yep. that. Caused uh, much Twitter consternation. That was a great that was a great touch. But uh, yeah, I mean North Carolina just absolutely choked on this one. No no way around it. Um, you know, some some people would say you hate to see it. Some some people maybe wouldn't say that. Yeah, it's tough because like Mac Brown's such a good coach and develops players so well in that program. Yeah. You know, this they, is true. I don't know why do you wouldn't go there with with a lot of talent. So, like lose to NC State repeatedly, yeah. and cash. All right, so under total win tickets for me. So. So I did see someone point out that Mac Mac Brown had the year that Dan Mullen had, but people like Mac Brown, so he got to keep his job. 
Well, and he also coaches at a basketball school. So. Yeah, he coaches at USC. This is true, but I mean, North but Carolina that doesn't make what you said wrong. Top 10 North Carolina at the beginning of the year. I mean, I think we all kind of like had sort of danced around this, like, are we really doing this in North Carolina again? This, yeah. this thing that we do. But they they fully leaned into it. Like, they were not eight and four. They were just not good this year. So, well, and Virginia Tech beat them first game of the year. And everybody was like, oh, Virginia Tech's legit this year. And all of us were kind of like, <laughs> did anyone watch that game? It did not appear crisp. Yeah. There was not a whole lot of crisp execution no. in that game. All right. We'll keep it moving here. I just want to give a special shout out to Nebraska. They lost this weekend. Um, they finished one and eight in, in horrifying fashion again. They finished one and eight in the conference this year with a point differential of zero. Did you uh, see this? That game, is beyond uh, impressive. Made, made a, got a mention in the Brooks v. Bryson match. Um, no. So there, it was. It was one of the Capital One match for charities, whatever they played out in Vegas, and they had the TNT crew in in the ears so like charles barkley was was talking to brooks and bryson throughout the round and one of the holes bryson gets up to the tee box and chuck goes okay bryson if you hit the fairway i'll donate 25k to you know whatever charity the hole was for whatever and bryson goes only only 25k you must have hit the tables last night chuck and he said no nebraska gave the lead up late (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good stuff love that um yeah i mean scott frost is coming back but yeesh i can't can't imagine that you're really taking a strong recruiting pitch into the living rooms around the midwest right now you just got a pay cut right yeah yeah there's some, some slight restructuring that happened right. there jason um all right florida state at Florida was a game that happened, regrettably listened and participated in way too much of this game. Um, the cherry on top of this game was really Florida State scoring a touchdown to cut it to a three-point game and then stepping up and whiffing the onside kick, but <laughs> swinging hard enough over the onside kick that the ball left the tee. Oh, so yeah. the refs ruled that the ball was kicked and did not travel 10 yards and was illegally touched by the <laughs> by the kicking team, uh, giving Florida the ball. They ran out the clock. Um, also, just a side note, let me get this off real quick. Florida State fans have to be sick about this. I mean, Florida's, oh, <laughs> first of all, Florida, Florida comes into this losing their head coach, who also called the plays, um, which is a, it's a big red flag there. Um, Emory Jones had I, like a, a, one of the most point-shavingest performances I've ever seen out of a quarterback. He threw three separate first half interceptions inside Florida state's 40, one of them in the end zone, I believe really bad. Oh, just really, really, really bad out of him. Um, I, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was trying to do the Felipe Franks like, Oh, he'll get better thing with him. I, I think, I think it might be time for Mr. Mr. Jones to hit the portal. I don't, don't see a clear future for him in, in Gainesville. Um, Maybe you go to Nebraska that... and take over. And <laughs> there we go. There we go. The Cornhuskers. That's what Nebraska hard. needs. A dual threat quarterback that turns the ball over too much. Doesn't sound doesn't sound like a Martinez, a Martinez yeah, brother that at all. Yet. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. He would be a great fit there. Um, Anthony Richardson did play it uh the second half of this game. So Jones played pretty much the whole first half. Wasn't really sure if Richardson was gonna play if he was hurt. He seems to be hurt a lot, which is a little disconcerting for a guy that's built like the Terminator. Um, but uh I guess on like the second play of the second half, Emory Jones threw a pass that hit a Florida State defender in the back. 
um, and and got like immediately got pulled. Like they gave that was the shortest, weirdest leash I've ever seen given to a quarterback. But they uh, they pulled him, um, and uh, Anthony Richardson went the rest of the way. Uh, but and yeah, they I don't know this this like I said, this game happened. It was not it was not a a beauty. It took like four over four hours. The um, final drive in this game, I was listening on the radio, but. I mean, the announcers, of course, I was listening to the Florida announcers, which is just charming. You know, it's just very charming to listen to like home team announcers. But uh, I mean, these guys were so mad at the ref. This guy was taken forever on like every call. There, there was like four different reviews on the final play. I mean, we had targeting penalties. We had it, weird intentional groundings. All manner of things were happening in this game. Uh, that was not good football. But uh, yep, Florida moves on. I guess they're going to go bowling. Can't imagine. Can't imagine there's a whole lot of zest there for that, but uh, we'll see how it goes. And finally, uh, Arkansas. I want to give them a shout out. They went eight and four this year. They beat Missouri last game of the year. Old talking Eli Drinkwitz uh, got his comeuppance uh, via Sam Pittman and them boys. But uh, shout out to Arkansas. I mean, I listen. I think Arkansas is kind of one of those teams that's like. They are better and they, they'll probably go like six and six or seven and five next year and be just as good as they were this year. And there were some, they're, they're kind of like Wake Forest. They're the canary in the coal mine, right? You know, like if Arkansas is the good, reverse canary. That, if Arkansas is good, that means someone is not. That usually is really good, right? And that this year it was Texas A&M and LSU. So <laughs> congratulations, Arkansas. All right. Um, Jordan, guide us through the picks. I'm sure it went great for us all. Yeah, it did. Uh, it it went great for us all in that we got our first push of the year. Ah, oh, love it that. It took till week thirteen, but we landed a push. Uh, we run down the results real fast. Uh, Logan, you went o four and one. Ah, oh. you were on you were on a two week winless heater. Uh, Jason, you went one three and one. I went two two and one. Uh, so overall, Jason and I are tied for first at 29, 35, and one. Gosh. Logan, you are four games behind. Six okay. games. Sorry. Six. Got good. Good. Four. Six. I don't know. Luckily, four. we're here. Four. Luckily, it's it's championship Saturday coming up, and that's where I really, really shine. <laughs> right. We'll we'll have volume to pick this week. I've got <laughs> I've got a lot. You know, my Louisiana Raging Cajuns are playing in a championship game this weekend, so I don't really know. Yeah, you you're know. vested. You got a we're, vested we're ready. interest. We're ready to roll here. Down yep. with App State. I'm like Jason over here, just talking talking all, all the wild trash about App State. Not that Jason's right. going to do that. Never. Uh, in a public first, forum. first game we picked was Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Some call this the Egg Bowl. It was Thanksgiving night. Uh, Ole Miss took care of things. One yeah. convincingly as an underdog we we talked about this in the group today it's just a disappointingly straightforward egg bowl i mean the weather was like there there seemed like there was maybe going to be some bad weather game like uh implications and that kind of evened out too and yeah. Ole Miss was just better and mississippi state couldn't really move the ball that well and i yeah, thought I mean, Ole Miss's defense state, played great mississippi like, state for, did have a red zone trip in which they dropped two or three consecutive yeah, right passes before halftime. and then missed the field goal. Um, that was pretty That's, egg bully. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think what we look for in this game 
the the collective three of us anyhow is like chaos that leads to high volatility and points typically and this was kind of like a a derp derp egg bowl chaos um so it's like it's it was a different brand of of weird fun for your thursday evening um maybe not my brand but thankful thankful to have it as a viewing option uh i've i have been i think mississippi state their defense was better this year than maybe like you would have thought a mike leach team defense was but i have been at times a little underwhelmed with some of Ole miss's offensive outputs i i I think we have this sort of thought in our mind that like lane kiffin high flying and when it's really clicking it is it is every bit that um i i have noticed that it, it seems like i don't know if you can get ahead of their tempo a little bit, or if, or if the t- maybe if the tempo doesn't affect you that much, you, you can kind of uh, box in Ole Miss a little bit. I think they do like to do tempo and, and actually just really pound the ball on the ground when they can, and then hit RPOs on top of that. And it seems like if you take away a little bit of that, you can kind of box them in a bit. And I thought Mississippi State and some other teams, like uh, was it the Auburn game we watched? Like Auburn did a great job of that against uh, Ole yeah. Miss, which has been – I don't know. A little, a little curious. Um, would like to see a little more counter punching availability from Ole Miss, but uh, they didn't need it in this game. They're there. I thought Ole Miss's defense was the story of this game. They played great. Yeah, they were. They had a really around. good, really good game plan against the, uh, the, whatever we're calling it, the gun, gun, the shoot 'em up offense, the the wild wildcat, the crazy cowbell. Yeah. Right. Also, it's gotta it's gotta just be miserable to play a game there with, with oh, all that yeah, noise. Because I like I I guess I didn't realize how little Mississippi State football I watch until I turned that game on. I was like, oh, these damn cowbells. Like Yes. It's like the it's like Vuvuzelas, except somehow more weird and grating. Oh yeah, way more <laughs> the yeah, Vuvuzelas man. were terrible that you turned those games on. <laughs> <laughs> that, those were kind of like soothing though it was like a it was like a white noise because those games were played in like That's the true. wee hours it's always morning, like, so like 8 30 a.m it's like yeah. you just wake oh, up we, and hear the beehive just yep. a fresh cup of mud and some vuvuzela noise brother That's all it takes all and right on. moving on we had ohio state at michigan at noon we also Wowsters. had snow in the state of michigan Football weather. And, man, Jim Harbaugh must have been so fully torqued when he saw that forecast because yeah. that, that yeah. is right up Michigan football alley. For Just see my man get off the bus with the three-ring binder. Love it. His, <laughs> Love like uh, his, his, middle his school. spectacles. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Michigan really took it to him. Um, yeah. Sad Buckeye fans. This, they were checking in on this, but they were not checking in on this game enough for me to be like, I was like kind of thinking like, man, Michigan must really be, Michigan must really be doing it to them right here. I mean, they, they won in the, like the most Michigan fashion too. They absolutely bludgeoned them on both lines of scrimmage. They ran the ball and their quarterback was fine. He wasn't great. He was fine. And that was all he needed to be. He hit a couple of play actions like on the sideline for some chunk plays and, let uh let the running back go to work. I mean, Michigan looked. Have yeah, they I mean, been this... like under the radar? Awesome this year. I kind of. I mean, they've only lost once, right? Of, yeah, I mean, they're gonna make the playoff. So, Oof. 
don't well, know. If don't, they no, don't get Iowa. Don't get Iowa at night involved, Jason. Fair point. You're right. Um, Can't wait for a nine to six blood fest yeah. coming up in Indianapolis. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I watched this entire game, and it, this wasn't like a like Ohio State had a bad day or like Michigan got gimmicky. No. Like Michigan just beat that for like three hours straight. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a thumping, like a wampin, if you will. I think. I think basically, like, listen, Ohio State's got, like, what, three of, like, the seven best receivers in the country. Um, Yeah, and And they were good. They were really good in that game. Oh, yeah. Michigan secondary was kind of holding on for dear life, but, like, it it seemed like when Ohio State really, really needed to play and, like, like not to to get super, you know, hashtag establish it, but, like, when they really needed, like, hey, we got third and two, we really need this, they didn't – they couldn't – like, they couldn't keep Stroud clean for long enough for – Mm-hmm. Something like that. They, they just couldn't pick up the, the yards between the tackles, and Michigan just beat them with hammers for 60 minutes. That uh, Aiden Hutchinson guy is a stud. Real real big Chris Long energy out of that guy. Like oh, yeah. college Chris Long, just yeah. wrecking crew. He, very strong. Multiple, multiple clips of him just plowing through offensive tackles. Yeah. Um, and, you know, otherwise gigantic offensive tackles. because Yeah, yeah, not, not, not you know, they're, it's, it's Ohio State. They're not messing around, so. Yeah, so, no, this, I mean, Michigan was just, there was no question that they were the better team. Like that was that was convincing. And and like honestly, genuinely, I think like Spencer Hall touched on this, but like it honestly kind of like it was very cool to see. Like the, the big the big house is massive and they're like 108,000 yeah. people and there was snow. And like I I get all eye rolly when you know like Big Ten writers are like, oh, it's gray and 45 degrees. This is football weather, SEC, like they just don't understand. Like, okay, get out of here. Like, I'm tired of that. But like this felt kind of poignant, like to have this, like what they've lost, they've lost 10 straight, nine straight to Ohio State. At least I think, I think the last time they won was 2011. Yeah. So like it'd been a long time and they still put 109,000 people in the stadium and they still oh, yeah. had the like preposterous, like there's only one tunnel out to the field. So there's always the fight at halftime. And like that it just wild. like it was weirdly wholesome. And I hate saying that about this stupid overhyped big 10 game, but like, Oh no, it's it college football, man. I mean, yeah. that was, it's quintessential college football. It's a good yeah. thing. It's pageantry. It's why we do this. Absolutely. Speaking of pageantry, mm. we had an iron bowl also take place. Indeed. Oof. Uh, Auburn, Auburn kind of lost the plot there at the end from what I gathered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was tuned yeah, into a different event uh, at the time, but uh, did, Speaking on. of losing the plot, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll yeah, get we'll get to, to losing the plot. Uh, Oof. But yeah, I I turned it on at the like second overtime, but as I saw the score pop up the ticker, <laughs> I was like, "Damn, Alabama's gonna lose!" Like they were down what 10, 10 nothing. Was 10-3 it? It was another it was minute like, to go. Was it zero zero at halftime? And eventually, it was ten nothing. Yeah, it was it was ten it nothing. Was, with... It was seven nothing at halftime. Okay. Auburn kicked a field goal on their first drive. Of the second half, and it was yeah. ten nothing until like nine minutes left. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't. I watched most of this, and it, like, it didn't. It never felt like there are, there are Alabama wins when you were kind of just like this. Always felt like it was coming. Like that wasn't that wasn't the case. Like they, it, it felt like they were getting beat. They could not get anything going. They like. They, they just struggled. couldn't get anything going. Like they, yeah. they. That's been the weird thing for them this year is they go through lulls where they right. don't get anything going, but it usually only lasts for like a quarter or right. 
two quarters or even okay. in like that Texas A&M game, they like their defense let them down. Right. In that game, yeah. they scored, they probably scored enough points to win a football game. But you know, in this one, it was just weird and especially no bow Nicks. So like that was strange. Yeah. And you could tell Auburn's offense was horrific. Um, well, I think their backup yeah. was hurt. Right. Yes. He hurt his leg and like could barely yeah. put weight on it. Um, the Auburn, so, annou- the Auburn announcers were, were, were not enthused at the prospects of the third stringer coming in. So it was like, well, the young man is, you know, given a lot to the program, but uh, he's never thrown a pass in a college game. Or, or he threw like three passes two years ago or something yeah. weird. Like, oh, um, but, yeah, I mean, Alabama's defense, which has been an issue this year, only gave up 160 yards. And it, it never felt like Alabama was just, like, lying in wait. It felt like they were just kind of befuddled and lost. And, like, they've struggled in Jordan-Hare in the past. And – yeah. Um, they they rarely play well at Auburn. And so it kind of felt like, ah, this might be the thing. And, like, people were talking about it like, great. Like, now we got to see if, like, if two-loss Alabama knocks off Georgia, then it's all chaos. And, da, da, da. And, and then, yeah, Auburn just <laughs> spent nine straight minutes shooting itself in the foot. And, yeah, let him back in. And, and Bryce Young played an outstanding final eight minutes, and that was all it took. Yeah, because Alabama's defense had kept them in the game, and that's that's what they do. No, I mean this is this is yeah, <laughs> this is this is Alabama, right? You can't kind of can't kill them, and uh, if you let them hang around, this is what's going to happen. So, um, but I mean, we should talk about like I, I think Harson deserves a little bit of criticism here. Um, shout out to the game plan, shout out to the defense for doing their thing, keeping them in the game. But you know, it would appear that like. Two percent more aggressiveness could have ended this game prior to it. It, it seemed like, um, yeah, it just it just seemed like Harson was willing to gamble. Right, so the game goes to overtime, and Alabama gets the ball first, scores a touchdown, kicks kicks field goal. Auburn scores in like two plays uh, in in the first overtime, and then it's like, okay, you're at home. What are you gonna do? I mean, maybe they say you kick it at home and you you go for the win on the road, but. This is Alabama. Like in my mind, it's a bigger gamble to extend a game with Alabama than it is a bi- to go for basically Especially a 50 play on the goal line. Yeah, yeah. And so, Alabama had clearly found its footing, and I mean, and they didn't have their third string out there. Like Finley was playing, but he was like he was incapable of. It was like a Byron Leftwich situation. Yeah. I mean, he was incapable he was of standing, just hopping around long, yeah. long spells of time. My man has a cannon though. He that pass he threw in overtime was a seed. Did you yeah. see that thing? I mean, first of all, hell, hell of a hell of a catch. But he fit that thing through like three Alabama defenders, and there was a one-handed catch on the are, back. Are end. we talking Joe Milton levels of cannon or different? Dude, this guy fin- TJ Finley is very similar to Joe Milton vibes. Just okay. like similar build, overall very similar looking like situation. Just really can step into some throws. This was the Finley was the backup at LSU last year. That's right. He transferred to Auburn. So, um, anyhow, they did not. They kicked Auburn. That is kicked the extra extra point to extend overtime. We had the dueling uh, missed. I think ex, missed two point conversions on the next set of plays, and then uh, we went to the overtime roulette sudden death shoot off thing that you do from the third overtime on. We just line up and do two point conversions. I think a lot of college football fandom was made aware of this rule during this game because there's a lot of eyeballs on this game. This has been the rule all year. This is, I guess, new as of this year, maybe last year. Yeah, are they um, like 
a lot of those folks heard about it in passing based on yes. the Penn State Illinois game, which, but never really let it like. And they were like, "Ah, oh, that maybe that's just a, a Big Ten rule." And that's yeah, not yeah, real. never like let it really sink in. So a bunch of people were super mad about this. I'll be <laughs> honest, like, I kind of like it. It's kind of exciting. I mean, it's a good way to end the game quicker. I know that's what they're trying to do. And like, yeah, line up and run your best plays. Like, let's just let's just see it happen. Let's let's move on with it. You had the entire game to make other decisions to not get to this point, right? I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, I, I to so me, how it's do you, not. How do you are you are you pro penalty kick or anti penalty kick in soccer? I mean, I don't. I I think if the point of this is entertainment, I don't hate penalty kicks. I just I don't like teams playing for penalty kicks, which like sucks because there's no sure. way to get around that. But you know, in my mind, like Brian Arson would 100% play for penalty kicks because he would like think that like maybe they would get lucky, and you know, even though like P- Peter Check plays goalie for Alabama, right? So I mean, that's like that's like how it how it goes. So I I don't um, I don't love like I could hear the argument in penalty kicks or this like it's not football. Like it's it's tough to play football for the whole time and then not play football to decide the winner of the game. But like to me, that is more of an argument for kickers shouldn't decide games than it is for two point uh, conversion shoot off shouldn't decide games. You know right. What I'm well, and it's like to to that point, like you you played plenty of football and a winner could not be determined. So that's exactly. why we're doing something that's different. Why we're doing something different. Yeah, I, I do think. I mean, ultimately, maybe it would be better if they just did the normal college overtime, but they started teams from say the thirty five. So like the field goal wasn't like as automatic um, and that, that might be better. But I think the point of this, whether you agree or disagree was to reduce the number of like live action plays that te- I guess teams may be subject to if like a, you know, seven overtime Kentucky LSU game. Happens, I would, like, I would like to see some sort of risk reward system introduced Ooh. into the overtime. <laughs> like, you can get Brian Harson would melt down on the yeah, sideline. So would Rod sure. Gilmore. He would have a, he would have <laughs> a conniption. <laughs> but like, if you could, if you could give give the team with possession, say, okay, you can start at this point in the field, and you get three offensive snaps, or you can start twenty yards closer to the goal line, but you only get two offensive snaps. I like that. Like, let's let's put put some. Uh, Hmm. You know, put some lead in the head coach's pencil and make him make some tough decisions. Yeah, I don't hate that. That that be that would be intriguing for sure. But um, anyhow, whatever. So yeah, I mean, I, I think in my mind, Harson got a little bit what he was asking for there. Uh, Alabama wins on the uh, a, a completed two point conversion play. So shout out. Yep. To Alabama, Un, you know, only one loss. Alabama, they, clearly the second best team in the country. Definitely, one hundred percent. Alabama. No uh, other better teams in the country than them, other than Georgia, for sure. Yep. Sorry. All right, uh, time to rip the bandaid off. Commonwealth Cup. Boy, Let's do it. Let's do it. it. <sighs> Who wants to start? I have, I have some thoughts, but <laughs> I mean, I'll just be honest, Jordan. As a Florida fan this year, and as a UVA fan. These teams are very similar. They do very similar things. They rack up hella yards. <laughs> they ball outrageous up and down the field. They cannot score. And it is so weird that they can't shove the ball in the end zone when they need to, even though it would appear that they should be able to, given the weapons and the sort of schemes that they employ. UVA more so than Florida. But to me, super disappointing. You have a quarterback that throws for 400 yards and you only score three points in the second half of football game. That is terrible. Uh, 
we can talk about the lineman throwback play at the end of the game if we want to. That was an abomination. It was a terrible idea. It was yep. terribly like they ran that from the 12 yard line. They didn't run that from the uh, three yard line where That's that a play two point conversion. Where that, yes, where that play should be run from. It was never going to work. And taking the ball out of um, damn near Heisman finalist quarterback's hands in that situation to me is borderline fireable. Um, yeah. And, and then, you know, you had four shots to the end zone. One of them you threw five yards backwards to alignment. Uh, so that is bad. Well, and the first down play from the 12, you ran your gimpy quarterback up yes. the middle. Correct. Correct. Like, we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely catch him off guard. They won't suspect the bad ankle QB. I do he's, think, he's I mean, yeah, if you're going to. in the injury tent is going to run the ball. I'm okay with running the ball there because, like, honestly, you probably don't want to score on the first play and then just give have two minutes left in the game. So, you know, save your bullets and, and throw your plays you know, you do have to score, though, eventually, yes. uh, which is something that UVA uh, neglected to do, mostly the entire second half, but specifically in that instance. Yeah, but, so um, they, they got to the 11, Virginia Tech's 11, with three minutes and five seconds left. And it was like, once they got there, they were like, oh, we got here too quickly. Now now we got to dilly-dally and, like, yeah, might as well make some bad decisions while we're down here and, and <laughs> burn some weird. clock. But we're definitely going to score. And yeah. they didn't score. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that high scoring of a game. I mean, Virginia's defense is is an abomination, and you know, to let that Virginia Tech offense run the ball as effectively as they did, knowing that's what they were going to do, um, you know, that's that's tough. But I, I just like I'm mystified at the seeming inability to get the ball in the end zone, especially when you have someone like Jelani Woods on the team. Um, you know, it's just it, it's. It's tough, man, and like, it doesn't help that you do, you like muddy the waters with like silly, too, like that, like, yeah. like that play. Like, if you just got sacked, we would have lived with it, right? It could have been an equally bad play call, and you got sacked because you know you you blew you blew something or somebody didn't block it up right. But like, willfully doing that seems just not justifiable so, I, I don't so i don't want to harp like, on that one play but that that one play is a little bit indicative of like the the robert and i just kind of like grab bag experience that you yeah. get and it's tough well no and so the other the other kind of like point of frustration i highlighted in terms of coaching decisions so i i mean i had a laundry list of them um, of course i think like the bad juju vibes started creeping in Right before the half, uh, Virginia Tech was punting from their own 13 with 226 left in the second quarter. Uh, UVA came after the punt, tried to block it, roughed the kicker on fourth and 22. And instead of, instead of getting the ball back with a two-minute drill, probably from midfield, Virginia Tech then goes down and kicks a field goal. So that's at least a six-point swing going into the half. And the whole first half, it felt like, UVA can just make it a two-score game, like it it's gonna feel a lot more comfortable. But as long as Virginia Tech is within one score, UVA's defense cannot be counted on. Um, but in the third quarter, like the Robert and I experience reared its ugly head again. Um, so Armstrong got sacked uh on a drive, twisted his ankle. Um 
they decide to punt from the 37, which was a weird decision. Uh, it ended up going to the end zone for net 17 yards. Um, I would no like to see them maybe maybe push some chips in and go for it at that point. Game would Wolfolk had had to have been the quarterback there? No, because Armstrong. So Armstrong twisted his ankle on second down, threw a 10 yard completion on third down, fourth and seven. They ran the punt team out there. Um, oh. So that was weird. Tech goes three and out, or they end up punting the ball back. But on the next drive, Armstrong is in the injury tent, getting the ankle like taped up better than just a spat job. And Wolfhook's out there. He drives UVA down to pretty much the same spot on the field, Virginia Tech 37 36. They trot Armstrong back out there. And the first play they run, they line Armstrong up at wide receiver oh and gosh. run a gadget play where he comes and catches a pitch from Keaton Thompson, then throws back to Thompson on the same boundary he was lined up on. Thompson makes a good catch and run and then fumbles and loses the ball inside the Virginia Tech 20. So another chance for points uh, gone. Virginia Tech then takes that turnover, drives, kicks the go-ahead field goal. Um, yeah, it's just like I I don't know why he insists on doing these things at the worst possible moment. He being Robert and I or who, whatever ghostwriter is calling these, these weird gadget plays. Um, but I, I can't recall a single point in this season where it's like, oh, it worked. What a, what a genius maneuver. Like, the base yeah. offense should be good enough to get it done. And if you're resorting to The gadgets, base offense set all kinds of records. Like, you have one of the, like, yeah. the most prolific passing seasons in the country with the base offense. And... You have a running game that's like surprisingly effective because your pass game is so good. Like I, I'm with but you. you I'm, I'm with to you. Run the ball too. Like right. And and what was wild and extra frustrating is when the backup <laughs> QB was in there driving down to the Virginia Tech 37, when Virginia Tech knew he's probably not going to throw the ball much. He attempted two passes. He completed them, but it was a run first, run second drive, and they moved right down the field. And as soon as Armstrong's good to go, all right, let's get in the bag of tricks because I'm tired of running running the vanilla stuff. Like, right. the only way I'm semi-okay with that is if it was Anai's last game and in his mind he was just like, I'm going out in blaze of glory. Screw it. Like, the clip I'm, on. I'm I mean, like, it sucks yeah. that Thompson fumbles in that situation, right? But it is certainly questionable that you trot your quarterback who has just had his leg sewn back together onto the field and then do like a play that involves a lot of running. It's also questionable. You run the quarterback at, you know, basically first and goal down at the goal line. Like, I, I don't know these, it, it doesn't seem like there's very good synergy and connectivity like between, between like why we're calling the plays and the situation and the players on the field. And yeah, it's like know, that, that play tough. that Armstrong were on the goal line. Like I would have loved UVA ran a lot of, max protection stuff this year where they'd bring a tight end in the backfield yeah. or bring a running back in the backfield just to block like stick wayne back there and run just a traditional running back draw where he looks like he's max protecting and then he runs the sneaky yeah. run do one, one of those time. give me a we, sneaky run one time yeah, give him one time but instead we yeah we get what we got and they deserve to lose and they did so i 
my laundry list for this offseason would be primarily a new defensive coordinator, uh, new scheme, and uh, probably a new offensive coordinator as well. Um, I I would like to see some some younger ideas. Uh, may, I'm I'm squarely on team promote Jason Beck, quarterbacks coach, to yeah. the OC position. Let him run the show. Um, I fear that Bronco is too much, kind of like Dan Mullen, too much of a of a relationships guy with some of these guys on his staff, and um, he's not going to cut them loose. And I don't know if the athletic department will force that. So um, could could be in for a disappointing, uneventful offseason in that regard. Yeah, well, it is tough to swallow that pill and to swallow the pill that, you know, Virginia Tech is likely to hire someone that is going to recruit better than Fuente did, you would yeah. think. Um you know, or not, but like, it's, you know, I think Virginia at this point is just like screwed. I think they're screwed. They, unless they get someone in there that like really, really like wants to recruit and try something different. But I, I just don't really see how like the Bronco Mendenhall thing goes over on, on the recruiting front. I understand it's a development based program and stuff, but how with Bronco Mendenhall being Mr. Defensive Coordinator, tough-nosed guy, it year whatever four or five of this is the defense so bad. It doesn't seem like we have any depth, um, useful depth uh, at many positions. We go like we'll have one year where the offensive line will be apocalyptic, followed by a year where they will be okay and we'll be like happy about it. And then I don't know. To me, there's a lot of telltale signs here of uh, some issues, system issues that Systemic that some problems. some program building issues that you know bronco's a nice guy and i kind of like his sort of folksy uh you know things that he says but uh also like would be those things come off a lot better when there's some substance and i, I was you know virginia was two missed field goals away from being four and eight this year mm-hmm. they should have been, probably should have been four and eight yeah the virginia Tech I mean, game was the only loss this season that was single digits there you go and they they lost. I mean, Miami's poor Miami's kicker missed a thirty yard field goal off the upright from to lose away. that game. From could not have been more straight away. And Louisville's kicker did the same thing the week after it. So I mean, you're living on a prayer all year long. You get what you get, and this is what we got. Like you said, well said. All right, let's keep moving. Yep. Uh, it's it's always go who's though. Always, forever, and always. Uh, final game of the day and of the regular season was our aforementioned first and only push of the regular season. The Pokes beat Oklahoma by four. Uh, that defense was, Oof. was flying around. Um, I, I think I was most impressed with their ability to generate consistent pressure on Caleb Williams with only a three-man rush. Um been saying it for years on this show if you can do that it's going to be a long day in the office for the other team so uh <laughs> that is good on that them is good, for getting that done it's a good thing you noticed that you're the first you're one of the first people to notice yeah that. i've i've kept my eye on the pulse have you published this yet well no i you know there's still a lot of job openings that need to be That's filled fair. so can't just you know, put that out there if anyone wants my wisdom doing will blitz all night but he would prefer to get pressure with three that's what, that's his philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to blitz all night. Would prefer to get pressure with three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hell of a game. This game, like, we were texting about this game in the group chat, you know, as we do. We keep our finger on the pulse. 
and um it, it, this game like the volume got turned to 11 at like some point in the middle of like the third quarter there was like some repeated special teams blunders and oklahoma went up by nine it was like oh here it comes there's a safety is, at one point. yeah there was a yeah. safety uh oklahoma went up by nine um that was back-to-back possessions they got the yes. safety and then yeah um and got then, the ball back and, and had to punt it away and when they punted it away the guy muffed it into the end zone and so they got the nine straight points right there correct right so you kind of thought here was coming like right like oklahoma you know you know how bedlam goes oklahoma either wins by a little or wins by a lot that's tends to be how it goes and um it looked like maybe they were gearing up to win by a lot and i mean salute to oklahoma state's defense for tightening tightening clamps down and letting our man spencer sanders get out there and shake and bake a little bit uh spencer sanders sneaky good athlete who knew? Yeah. Who, who knew? Spencer's out here running. He well, and he Stetson Bennett. Uh, they're on my sneaky good athlete uh, list. Yeah. So I I've been kind of snarkily uh, critical of of Mr. Sanders this season when making some of my picks, um, just based on what I'd seen from him in previous iterations of Oklahoma State football. I was sure. really impressed with like how decisive he was mm-hmm. in in this game. Like in especially last year, there was a lot of not like he he didn't play with a lot of conviction um and the decisions he made didn't have a lot of confidence in them it seemed but uh in this game you could it was cool to see like he has certainly grown as a quarterback um and that's why oklahoma state has had the season they've had in large part to that and that defense so yeah i would not hate that defensive coordinator being a part of a future staff in orange and blue, <laughs> just they're not there. I believe his last name is Knowles. Shout out to Mr. Knowles. Talk really. He, about he's on the Knowles. Royals list, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I would, I would hope so. He's, he's a finalist. Yeah. So anyhow. Okay, cool. Well, that's the week that was. So we, that sets up Baylor versus Oklahoma in the big state, Oklahoma state in the big 12 championship game, just like we all drew up at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, salute to Baylor. Good, good for Coach Aranda. You know? in, in the weirdest way. Good for just handsome, bald Coach Aranda out here. The shiniest um, of cue balls. Mr. Clean. Coach so Clean. Oklahoma State has a chance to make playoff, too. I mean, they, they need to win. Um, yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're very much should doesn't probably. Take, it doesn't take a ton of help. I don't know how much help they actually need. I mean, they need to win, yeah. which is, that's probably paramount. Need one of, of Michigan or Cincinnati to lose, right? Yeah, I think it's just one loss. Yeah, they. I mean, would there not be an argument for them in over Michigan? I mean, I assume Michigan has a better win with Ohio State, but Oklahoma State did just beat Oklahoma. That's not, well, that's who's, not nothing. Who's Oklahoma State's loss? Ooh, I don't know. Oklahoma Texas. State lost to at Iowa State, which doesn't look great at this point. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Matt Campbell and them boys. But but that's one of those ones where the committee like recognizes Iowa State. They're like, ooh, Matt Campbell, that's not a bad loss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that's a playoff committee thing to say. You know who didn't lose to Iowa State last time they played? Mr. Billy Napier and them, those Louisiana Cajuns. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of Mr. Billy Napier, <laughs> no. let's go to the no. coaching carousel. Let's go to the coaching carousel, boys. All right, I have reimagined the the list here. You guys will see that it is listed in order of school and who's in. We got most of the ins up front. We have the outs and open jobs at the back end of the list. Um, so let's real quickly. 
Yeah, since we last recorded, which is like a week ago. Yes, there has been a flurry of of changes. So smattering of activities. I mean, I think we can comfortably say that this is like the craziest 36 hours in like college football coaching. Yeah, this is like approaching NBA free agency levels of like Twitter, uh, this league drama. Yes, engagement and everything else. And just bless our lucky stars that the Gators got their guy early and just did a completely sensible thing and just got in and got out. You know, I, I just can't, I can't, I got a dance partner before I can't stress enough how happy I am that it is not pressing into week, you know, three with, uh, with nothing going on there. So let's start at the top in the biggest surprise to us all. I think USC announced Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma head coach as their new head coach, Lincoln Riley, um, Lost to Oklahoma State this weekend, and Lincoln Riley, they're a top five recruiting class that consists almost solely of players from Southern California, which I'm sure was totally not on purpose. USC, the job has been open for damn near three months now, uh, maybe maybe two months, but still has been open for a while. I am very interested to like see the press conference and hear what the USC athletic director, I believe his name is bone mike bone is that his name has to say about this search and when and how this all came about Um, but monumental this is a really big one a a type of move you don't normally see yeah i uh i i mean like we we had all before the oklahoma state the buzz was like oh lsu is gonna make a hard push for lincoln riley and that's why he proactively cut off a question at the post-game presser and said, let me stop you right there. I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU. So let's move on. Yeah. Which and he told was, no okay. lies. This is true. There was a report right before the game from someone with a check mark, which was weird. But uh, I think this, this person was potentially a, a student reporter at LSU reporting that Lincoln Riley had an agreement with LSU going into this game and, you know, announcement later yada yada and that it seemed to be what you know in some ways Lincoln Riley got lucky that that was so wrong because the all the focus was there <laughs> you know what I'm saying and so he was able to do kind of a deft denial without mentioning like oh I didn't say I was going to be USC's head coach it wasn't going to be USC right. or I was going to be Oklahoma's head coach I just said I wasn't going to be LSU's head coach so sorry guys but um this is big I think it's a I mean, personally, I think it's a good move for Lincoln Riley. Obviously, yeah. like the money's the money's outrageous. Um, USC's a primo job. He'll you get to probably, live in LA. You don't have probably to be able to recruit the SEC. <laughs> if Mario Cristobal is not at uh, Oregon, I mean UCLA is you at USC. I mean, is on a is on a clock to to win the Pac-12 in the next couple of years. I mean, they should be they should be fine. Gosh, Recruiting be should be fine. Um, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And he already, you know, they've already been. S- sort of doing like undercover um, spread uh, air raid type stuff there anyway, the past handful of years. So um, let's go Jackson Dart. Fire up, fire up your Jackson Dart Heisman futures right now. Get just maybe a little sprinkle there. Maybe no love sprinkle. for the young Slovis boy. No, I'm in on Jackson Dart. Wow. Wow. No. Keaton Slovis, the, the midi- his midichlorian count is way down. He's going to hit the portal. I can feel it. <laughs> all right let's keep it moving Um, oh go ahead jason sorry yeah i mean i I think the two things i want to point out is 
so first of all, yeah, I think people are underestimating like the uh, the significance of moving to the SEC, and then you're basically where Oklahoma is. You're basically competing against Nick Saban for every recruit you want to go after. Um, well, and not you're already recruiting against Texas, so yeah, right, add, exactly. Add that, like, yeah. and it, it's not easy. And at USC, if there's a five star, like what west of Colorado you're the prohibitive favorite to land them. So all of a sudden or, it gets way yeah, easier. Right. And, it's basically your Oregon at this point. Right. Exactly. And so um, it's just a completely different world to say nothing of the, like the terms of the contract are insane. Like yes. yeah. they're buying both his houses. They're giving him a $6 million house. He just gets the private jet whenever he wants. Like if his family wants to go on vacation, they can take the private jet. I've seen had... what you've done for others. <laughs> For yeah. Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley specifically. Yeah. Um, why do you think he had and two houses? Who has two houses in Norman, Oklahoma? Listen, real estate's a good investment. I don't know. Well, um, what certainly if, a good I'm investment. more curious to know what USC is going to do with two houses in Norman. That is a that's a better question. <laughs> I would assume flip them immediately, but I don't know. They're going to sell them and take the loss. That'll yeah. be just fine. They're going to sell bucks. them to Coach Shane. I mean, it's, a, it's a million dollar bonus. Oh, there we go. Love that. Nice. Um, the other thing was just the delicious irony of, did you see what Oklahoma's president said? Uh, I think I read through it. I, I didn't really take anything too crazy away from it. What, what oh, they were, they were talking and Oklahoma's president, like basically kind of like pouted a little bit and was like, uh, I mean, I guess obviously we, we would have appreciated more yeah, notice. Yeah. And like, it was just the most like, okay, irony is officially dead. Like yeah. someone, t- someone quote tweeted and said the big 12 found out you were leaving from the local paper. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. That 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 was a big like. Well, ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Right. Exactly. So, those are my two takeaways. I think you know, like, and we're going to talk about more examples of this. But the the contract situation is just why I I have no idea what's going to happen next. Somebody, I think somebody summed it up. Somebody was like, Michigan State thought that Mel Tucker was worth ninety ninety five million dollars, and all of a sudden this is all happening, and so. It's just nuts. Well, Mel, Mel Tucker's payment to leave did not change at all no. either. Yeah. So shout out to his agent. God, Jimmy Sexton is out here just getting the damn thing done. So good good for Jimmy. All right, we'll keep it moving. Not a whole lot to say here. TCU has hired Sonny Dykes. He makes the big move across town from SMU. Um, and we had a little we had a little salt from the SMU student section or some SMU fans this weekend in which there was a uh, – there was a, a sign <laughs> draped over one of the end zone walls that said like, thank you, Judas or something on it um, to the effect directed at, at coach Sonny. And um, they asked them to take that down. So they moved it to the Hill and it was prominently displayed on the Hill for the rest of the day uh, there. But uh, Sonny Dykes TCU, I don't really think anyone's too surprised in that. Sonny Dykes seems eternally down for a new job. He's like budget lane. It's worth- it's like, worth I pointing out that uh, SMU announced his replacement before anybody officially acknowledged he was leaving. Yeah, awesome. Which was awesome. Funny. Yes, a very, a very, a very nice little thing. I don't even know if I have. Oh yeah, I do. Speaking of, we'll skip over Washington real quick. SMU has brought in Rhett Lashley. I think we all, uh, you know, I know Jordan's proud of his guy, getting yep. his guy in there. Yeah, I'm really pr- well, and I'm proud of myself for for. Uh, foreshadowing this for the last several years. Uh, yeah. We identified him as a young star in the ranks, and here we are getting mm-hmm. a big whistle in the state of Texas. Um, right. Our, Nothing our, says up-and-coming star like the University of Miami's offensive production the past two years. You're right yeah. about that. Well, shoot. 
He's he's a big whistle, Logan, and he's he's about one he one cycle away from being the next coach of the New York Jets. Just you watch. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Um, so Rhett Lashley takes over at SMU. Uh, he's coached. He was the um, offensive coordinator there before, um, and uh, knows his way around there. I think that's probably probably a good move there. Might see a little writing on the wall. Uh, Miami conspicuously quiet in all of this. This, they still uh, have an is, AD. I mean, yeah. at this point, they they may have really miscalculated the timing of yeah, how this at, was going to go. Honestly, uh, at this point, I would I'm recommend sorry. that everybody just hold on to your coach for another, unless it's like truly unfixable, in which case you should have already done uh, that. There's some sort of sleeper cell like thing going on with Miami, where they think that they like have a like low key agreement with Cristobal, and he's just in he's just like riding all of this out because there's so much other noise that he's not getting a whole lot of questions about Miami anymore, you know, cause it's, but at the same time, like they don't have an AD Manny just won whatever eight or nine games this year in, in bizarre fashion. Um, you know, the, the saddest nine win season. I don't, I think any of us have ever seen eight or nine win season, but, uh, all right. We got to stay focused on the list here. Washington has hired a football coach. They have hired Fresno States, Kalen DeBoer. I love this hire. Yeah. Nothing yep. more than Fresno State was great this year. I loved the pizzazz they played with. I liked everything they had going on, and I think that Washington could use uh, some of that. Yeah, I know nothing I, about Mr. DeBoer. He was only two years at Fresno. Yeah, I think from from what I've what little I've read, he has done really well at Fresno State. Um, yeah, obviously the results this year speak for themselves, um, but I think like this Washington hire could quietly be one of the better ones of the cycle. Yeah, I think it's sensible. It seems to match what Washington needed to do. I think Washington has a lot of upside. They're one of whatever, a small handful of teams has actually made the playoff, which is Mm -hmm. crazy to think about. Um, But they did it. Um, Oh, well, okay. All right, let's keep it moving. LSU. So, can we report uh, this LSU situation? I mean, it seems Thamel's on it, so it has yeah, to be. Yeah, Yahoo and ESPN have reported it. Okay, so Brian Kelly uh, of that Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's Brian Kelly, beat red Brian Kelly is supposed to be <laughs> is is being named the head coach at LSU. Um, we kind of thought that LSU would maybe do some sort of panic situation. I don't know if this qualifies quite as that. This oh, is, it definitely does. To me, this is, seems like a weird fit. Like LSU needed a name. I know LSU's athletic director is passionate about names and likes to do this. You might recall he was the man who inked Jimbo to the initial 10-year, $75 million deal that really kind of kicked off all this absurdity a couple of years ago. But um, he does, well, he does like Joe name. Biden's inflation, Logan. Um, I, this is true. I do see uh, that uh, Mia O'Brien on Twitter is reporting uh, multiple sources have confirmed to her that last week, Brian Kelly's people attempted to call the University of Florida to inquire about the open coaching position <laughs> at the University of Florida. Man, y'all dodged a bullet. Man, can you imagine this level? I I wish we could have recorded a podcast the day that Florida hired Brian. Oh, Kelly. we would have oh, recorded. For content purposes. We would have recorded yeah. a podcast. You know, I, I, would, I would have felt I'd terrible. Be, I would be out here. I would have felt terrible for Florida fans, but that would be tremendous content. Specifically Logan, but that would be tremendous. Specifically content. Logan, the, the internal struggle that Logan would deal with for the next three years before we get to do this all over again. Um, all right, so Brian Kelly, what does he bring to LSU? 
that you think got him the job. <laughs> I mean, name. like, yeah, yeah he's, he's a name. He has been very successful at L- at LSU at Notre Dame, and I will say to his credit, I think at the beginning of Notre Dame, when he was his initial foray at Notre Dame, he was having some issues, and he he made necessary changes to his approach and to his staff to get the job done at Notre Dame. Um, and he's done a good job winning a lot of games there. I, I don't know what else to say. Their schedule varies between like hard and not hard, depending on, you know, the level of, of some of these teams that they play as an independent. I personally think he's kind of maxed that thing out there. Um, granted it's pretty high max out. You can max out by at making the playoff, but um, I, I just don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that this is tremendous fit. Um, oh, no other than that he's uh, a really good like football coach, but this has strong Dan Mullen uh, potential to me. <laughs> like just, he's going to be a petulant a-hole and not, which is very much his brand and can work to be clear. And, you know, if they start losing a little bit and he gets a little snippy and all of a sudden he's super sunburned sitting on the sidelines and, and it's just not a great, it's just going to be weird. I think he needs to win a lot of games very quickly for <laughs> well, LSU clearly. fans to like, to just like not be against it. Yes. Like they, they not, fought, I mean, just, just to tread water. He like got to win 10 next year. Yeah, I yes. think that's probably right. <laughs> So I'm excited to see it unfold. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to undervalue. Like, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a generally likable person. I, again, though, I just what I'm saying. Like, this might be a bit of a Mullen thing. Like, he he might be outsized as a coach than he is as a culture fit at like a brand like LSU, where you know they just won a national championship with freaking Fred Flintstone as their head coach. I mean, what are we what are we doing? Like, that's you know, I don't really think that like Coach O was really bringing the juice X's and O's wise in the meetings, you know, but he was able to assemble a team and a staff that and catch lightning in a bottle with a transfer quarterback and everything else. Um, I will say that Notre Dame has relied heavily on the transfer quarterback market um, in Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame. And uh, I don't know. I think that could be, that that could be problematic. You're living on the razor's edge there. When you do that, well, just ask, he's, there's ask a Wisconsin. Spencer Rattler available in the Porter portal right now that's true if i'm spencer rattler i am all up in lane kiffin's dms side note oh yeah take me with you wherever you go coach lane right all right um so i mean that's a big one brian kelly louisiana state uh sorry let me find my place here okay university of florida go gators billy napier uh Hired what feels like three weeks ago was hired at the University of Florida as their head coach. This happened on Sunday afternoon. That's yesterday. If for has, the he, has he had the introductory presser yet? He has not. He will arrive in Gainesville after the Sun Belt Championship game victory okay. parade um, on uh, December fifth. I, I think the game's on the fourth, so he'll get there the fifth. That's, that's a, a big win conference. for the Dukes too, getting Billy Napier out of the Sun Belt. Yeah, I'm fully on board. <laughs> Go Gators. That's yeah. good. Um, I, I just I think to me this is exceeding this is an exceedingly sensible hire. I don't want to hype Billy Napier, the X's and O's guy. I know his success. He's had program building came in the Sun Belt. Um, they had one rebuild year there, and then he has won ten games or more three straight years. You will recall they beat 
Iowa State last year. I think there was a little bit of smoke that maybe they'll be able to hang with Texas this year. Didn't quite pan out um, at, in week one of this season. But uh, yeah, he's had an interesting sort of climb to the rankings. He was, as a very young man uh, in his late 20s, I believe, was the offensive coordinator at Clemson when Dabo first got the job and had two or three years of up and down coaching there um, and then got fired, actually. Kind of a, a bit of a public failure, got fired as Clemson's OC. Granted, awesome. you might you might notice that uh, this was pre-Taj Boyd. Um, I'm wondering if, if Billy Napier had Taj Boyd on, you know, on the team, might have been slightly different. Uh, outcomes, also hey, allegedly came to blows with Davos. Yes, yes. Has there. decked, has, uh, we have confirmation, has publicly decked Davos Sweeney in a meeting. Love that. Love the energy there. You know, I need that. Um, rocks a tremendous buzz cut. Yeah. Just a strong head of hair on him. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, seems young, but uh, yeah, he, he was basically the first coach to kind of go through the Nick Saban School for Wayward Boys uh, coaching car wash cycle. He, basically went from Clemson's offensive coordinator to a graduate assistant at, uh, or a, a analyst and graduate assistant type person at Alabama. Um, did that, uh, worked, kind of bounced around a little bit. Seems like he, he worked for, was he, uh, prior to Louisiana, he was the offensive coordinator at Arizona State. Did great success, I guess, and um, then, then made it to Louisiana and has done a good job there. <clears throat> notoriously meticulous prioritizes recruiting all the things that I love to hear given what Florida has been through the past couple of years with a coach who didn't prioritize those things that I think a big program like Florida needs to prioritize. So I'm excited. Um, hard to say it's home run. He was at the top of my list as far as like, it would be really nice if Florida would do a smart thing and hire him, you know, like yeah. I granted, I, I did have other, like there's splashier names that you could have hired for sure. But I do think that like, I just figured LSU would hire him because he was close to home and it made a lot of sense. And that would be, you know, I would be able to be like, bam, LSU, they got the guy that I wanted to get. Right. So, you know, Florida actually seems like they got ahead of this. And and according to Strickland, they only interviewed him. But apparently had, LSU did not make uh, a push for Napier. Yeah. And God, Stephen Godfrey has mentioned that there's a, or maybe it wasn't Godfrey, but there's a little bit of, um, like LSU did not push for him because there's a little bit of like, I don't know, snooty, snootiness, uh, sure. intra state over there. There um, are that, that extends to several schools in Louisiana. There is pretty much nothing yes. but contempt between multiple schools in Louisiana. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like one of those things like, and, and you can make the argument, like if FIU's coach was out here killing it, would I be stumping super hard for Florida to hire if FIU's coach? Like, I don't Probably know. Not. Maybe not. Like I, I get that. Like there's probably some like little brother syndrome kind of some thing there that like the whole is thing. yeah optics that it, it's tough to come across. But I hope that you know he can use that as motivation to beat Brian Kelly next year. So sure, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, as you guys has, have any? Uh, really have they announced things? like staff? How the staff's filling out yet? No, everyone is on the road recruiting though. Christian Robinson's recruiting. Billy Gonzalez is recruiting. Everybody is out um checking on guys um but no i mean i've heard listen he's he's he was on the alabama staff with posh lapoy and doug belk like those are names that are in theory available and would make me thrilled to have as part of a staff 
I think he calls his own plays as far as I know. So that gives you an opportunity to um, hire an offensive sort of a, a figurehead quarterback coach, offensive coordinator guy who maybe you could have an ace, like sort of ace recruiter type role there. A Mike Loxley what up type. Yeah. What up, T. You. Martin? What up, Mike Loxley? I don't know. Um, so, you know, who knows? Who, who knows how all that shakes out? Uh, I would love to see Robert Gillespie, former Florida running back, uh, come back as a running backs coach. Maybe Juwan Sider would be great to get from Penn State uh, back to Florida. But I don't know. that A lot of this is a little inside baseball as far as, like, staff build-out goes. But offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator is going to be huge regardless. So uh, Yeah, because I, I saw a tweet from one of the college football blue chicks that I follow. I think it might have been Chris Brown, but he said – He's really interested. Whoever tweeted it said they're really interested to see if the DC follows. Yes, because that's kind of that. the the secret sauce to what has made Louisiana what they were. So, sure. And I, I I'm curious to like I would be interested to know what he means by that. Like if that's a recruiting secret sauce or if he or like if game planning stuff yeah. or yeah. So I'm um, I. Wouldn't doubt it, but it would appear that there was a lengthy negotiation process in which I think uh, Billy Napier has been, I believe, long rumored to be sort of the next SEC up-and-coming coach would get a, a job when it became available. Maybe figured Florida or LSU was a little big for his situation, but he passed up South Carolina last year, passed up Auburn last year, um, was very meticulous in what he wanted out of the job, and looks like he got it with Florida, so we'll see how it goes. That's a big job. Um, I I'm excited though. Excited to maybe have a little pizzazz on the recruiting trail. There's been it's been pretty lifeless for Florida on the trail the past couple of years, um, and I think you're starting to see the effects on the field. Yeah. Go Gators. Sure. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's keep it going. Our guy Jerry Kill is back, back in the mix in a big Jerry way. Jerry Kill. Yeah, uh, he's at New, I believe that's New Mexico State. Is that the Aggies in MSU? Yep. Um, I couldn't make out the uh, logo on the CBS website. It was unclear if it was New Mexico or New Mexico State. So I was just rifling through my Rolodex of NCAA 1998 um, logos to figure out. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jerry Kill, this guy. Can't kill him, am I right? Hope he brought his ice cream. I don't think that was him. It was Dilly Bardan, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought... I thought Jerry was, Kill was, I believe Jerry Kill was the, was the coach or had, was the former coach, but I don't think the Dilly Bar guy was, was Jerry Kill himself. I think, uh, which is, Dilly, a, which is Dilly a shame. Bar guy was really in for Jerry Kill. That's a yeah. huge letdown for me. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I know that's tough for your personal brand, but <laughs> um, yeah, Jerry Kill, Jerry Kill was on staff of Virginia Tech. Yes. Uh, a year or two ago. That's true. Yeah. Well, he was like a consultant. Right? Was it, wasn't, and then, wasn't he like, the best man at Justin Fuente's wedding or vice versa or something like that. That rings a bell. He's done. He's had a lot of jobs. He's um, had a lot of cups of coffee at a lot of places. Yeah, he's coached a lot of places. He's been an athletic director like once or twice on like either an interim or non-interim basis. He was basis. Southern Illinois' full-time athletic director for like a spring or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the Salukis. Let's go fire up the Salukis. Am I right? Fire up chips. <laughs> All right. That's it. Um, Sorry. This is the most shine New Mexico State will get on this podcast probably for a while, but uh, good for them. Glad they got their guy. Yeah, they got a splash higher. All right, Washington State has promoted interim head coach Jake Dickert to the the big whistle. I think this was your classic. Wow, the team performed pretty well after we got rid of Rolovich and them boys, and the players seem to like this guy. It makes a lot of sense. It's Washington State. Like, are we actually going to upgrade at this point given the volatility? 
Uh, makes perfect sense to me. I don't know anything about Jake Dickert, but shout out. Yeah, seems like a, a decision they did not overthink, which I That's... think is an undervalued uh, approach to some of these things. Right. Uh, the next handful we've talked about, I'll just run through them real quick. Georgia Southern, Clay Helton is in. Uh, UConn, Jim Moore Jr. in. Still crack crack up when I remember that that happened. Uh, UMass, Don Brown in. Really excited there. Texas Tech, Joey McGuire in. And this is new, Jacksonville State. Rich Rodriguez, back in Rich the Rex. He's Rich back. back in the saddle. He went through the... Uh, soon, to be, through the soon to be FBS, Jacksonville State. Right. Rich Rod went through the Terry Bowden uh, School for Wayward Boys, which is quite a step down from the Nick Saban School for Wayward Boys, but... It's not um, as prestigious. He was Louisiana Monroe's offensive coordinator most recently. Rich Rod, former West Virginia, Michigan, and Ohio... And, sorry, Arizona head coach. Um, he, had, he had an incident as well. I think there was an incident at some point. Um, there may Sounds have been right. some accusations. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping things have turned around for him, but yeah. I think that got, I think that got dropped for like complete lack of maybe, maybe settled out of court situation. Um, I thought it just got straight up, um, dropped, but I think Richard notoriously, be... notoriously difficult character, but also one of the architects of like the modern spread running offense as we know it. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's like, He's like not that old, which is crazy to think that he. he I mean, wears he's probably it worse than. Smoke. How old do you think he is? Fifty-eight. Fifty-two. Wow, fifty-eight nailed it on the head. Oh, okay, That's well, that was a guess. I was a complete guess, but, um, but I, you know, you would think like, guy who created offense as we know it. Maybe yeah, I mean, he basically, he basically, I think he kind of got some of it from somebody, but he basically pioneered the zone read, which is everywhere now. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like it was like inverted veer concepts yeah. plus like uh, from know, the shotgun option, and plus option yeah. concepts. So kind of cool, uh, I guess. All right, let's let's get to some prognosticating and some open gigs because we got plenty of those still. Surprisingly, VPI still open. Fuentes out. Uh, we've heard uh, a laundry list of names here. Um, Jason, I think you had sent us a, a, a tweet that had a list of names. Any of those strike your fancy? You wanna you wanna jump on? Um, let me go back and find that list. So we've had so much texts. Um, so yeah, yeah, how many was... of those guys have gotten hired? Right, exactly. So reporting. the big ones were Charlie Huff. We've seen a lot of places. Marshall's head coach, uh, Joe Moorhead, the OC at Oregon, and Tony Elliott, obviously OC at Clemson. Um, Notre Dame defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman was on there, who now all of a sudden is being considered a top kind of candidate to just move into the head coaching role. Um, Penn State's defensive coordinator Brent Pry, which a lot of people are high on. I'm not quite as high on. Um, and then the two uh, kind of out of left field ones, uh, NC State's Dave Doran and East Carolina's Mike Houston. So, Jason, explain to me, in 45 seconds or less the situation with mike houston like what is the what is the deal there is that similar to why um why billy napier wouldn't get a, a shot at lsu like fans don't think mike houston should get so, it because he's from jmu and they're their little brother or what he's got so, the jmu stink on him there's the yeah so there's layers to this um of course there always i think is. i think like there's no, there's no qualms. I don't think in taking a coach that was associated with JMU. 
Um, I think they're worried that it's okay. like it's wit taking the lazy way out because of the JMU connection, which doesn't make sense because until and unless Mike has interviewed with wit for this job, they probably haven't talked ever. Um, and to say nothing of the fact that uh, wit hired Kenny Brooks as the women's basketball coach, that's worked out like he's already like one of the best women's basketball coaches in program history. So like that side of things, I don't think is an actual thing. I think their main frustration is that it's a fair thing to point out that Mike Houston might be a bit untested. Um, like he, he obviously did very well at James Madison. He did very well at the Citadel and Lenore Ryan before that. He's only had three years at East Carolina. He went four and eight, three and six, and now he's seven and five going to the military bowl. So you can make a case that the, the resume is not as hardy as you would probably think that Virginia Tech fans probably think they deserve. Oh, sure. I get um, that. I think other than that, there's there's a, a wildly disproportionate amount of animosity between Virginia Tech and East Carolina. Yes, yes. Um, and I think this is oh, maybe, yeah. I think I think the, the unproven- East Carolina used to kick that every year. I remember that, so, that was a proud tradition. So yeah, uh, I, think, I think the biggest reason is that they think they deserve just better and more proven, which Okay, we can have that discussion of whether sure. you actually okay. do, I, I, but like I that's mean, I fair. get I get that. I do love these fan bases though that like think that like that everybody you're gonna hire like had a pristine twelve and oh season right. and like had never made a mistake and has never been fired from a previous job and exactly you know never had a close game ever and like there's like all these chinks in the armor that you just like can't, you know, that just aren't gonna be there. So well, I, yeah, I'm I'm curious the, so I think the fan the the faction of fans who th- who think he's too green the tech job like nobody else on that list is yeah more experienced than mike houston is yeah would they so, be okay with shane so that faction of fans must be thinking like oh it's gonna be matt campbell right or it's gonna be like or something dave doran now i guess is worth listen i think matt campbell would be fantastic he would be a phenomenal fit. hire for them i think he'd be a great fit I thought Fuente would be a great fit, but I think Campbell would be a great fit. But I just don't think Campbell, I think, and I'm not saying this as a shot to Virginia Tech, okay? I think Campbell views that as a lateral move, and I don't think he would do it. Like, I think that's I, right. I, and I, I think he's genuinely, like, pretty happy doing well over, ex- I guess, out, out, out exceeding expectations, outracing expectations a little bit at Iowa State. Uh, and, uh, and maybe parlaying that into an NFL job eventually. Yeah. I just, Logan, it's also I, worth, me, it's also worth pointing this. out that... While we're, while we're on the topic of over-exceeding expectations, how would he maybe like to over-exceed some reasonable expectations in one of America's top places to live for a couple of years? <laughs> Na- namely Charlottesville, Virginia. How, how would that <laughs> Matt, sound? Matt oh, Campbell? Man, this this yeah. happened so fast. I mean, I would I would love that too, but I just like, I don't think Matt Campbell would would do that. I just don't think he. I don't think he'd do that. He's he's pretty Midwest too. He's a bit of a Boy Scout. Okay, well, we'll put a pin in that for later. Sorry, Jason. Continue. Um, yeah. Well, it's worth pointing out that Charlie Huff, who I think is a lot of Virginia Tech fans' top target, has been a head coach for exactly one season in his entire life. So right. So is Shane um, Beamer. Also, side note, just in case that also name true. comes up, um, but. I, I do think Oklahoma that a, a decent Fred Fry has never been a head coach. I would I would wager to assume. I think there's a decent chunk of Virginia Tech fans that like just turn their nose up, like that might turn their nose up more at an ECU coach than a JMU coach. 
Fair like enough. there's that much distaste between them because it it goes back to like yeah ECU you know gave them hands back in like the the late aughts early 2010s they like beat them like three out of four seasons or something like that um under uh, rough delightful. A, and a, a, just a, a September tradition that I indeed. loved. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was always raining. Like, it seemed like it was always raining out. in those games too. Oh, it's yeah. great. So, um, and then there was something that, ha- and I don't remember the exact details, so I don't want to hypothesize on who was right, but there was like a hurricane involved mm-hmm. with uh, a game at Virginia Tech, and ECU basically said we can't come, and Virginia Tech fairly publicly said yes, you can, either do it or pay the fine or whatever, and. I don't, I don't even remember how it ended, but I know that there was just like an undue amount of just like this is a real Florida LSU situation. Yeah, no, yeah. see, I think I think that was the year where Virginia Tech ended up uh they they beat UVA for their fifth win and then they bought a game with Marshall at like that's conference right. championship. To keep their twenty nine year old their twenty nine year old going. <laughs> Yeah, and then they canceled. They they came to an agreement to end the. the yeah, that was the last. Series. That was the last series of yeah, because yeah. it used to be, it was like what two for ones just recurring or something like that. Yeah, they maybe, I mean, maybe they three were for ones familiar foes. Right, and yes. so like some sense. some stuff went down, and I think I don't know. There's there was just like rampant like as soon as Mike Houston's name got floated as a rumor, there was rampant hostility towards it. Okay, so, interesting. So it's more of an ECU thing than it is maybe a JMU thing, and then they could just go ahead and and do do all of that. I just wasn't sure if there was some like we don't want to hire. We, we shouldn't be hiring. J, we're better than that. We should be hiring JMU's head coach. Like I I get that honestly, but I also I think don't, it's, I think like, there's I don't a think little. Like, of, uh, I don't think that's the right attitude, but I, I also it's not. Get that. But it's also very on brand for Virginia yeah. Tech. Mm-hmm. And, oh, of course. Um, I think it, I think it's not one thing. I think it's a mix of like four or five different things. Of course. But that's usually true. All right. So, so I, I mean. I don't. I don't think he'll. I. I would be very surprised if Mike Houston, Virginia Tech's head coach, though the bowl projections do currently have uh, East Carolina in the military bowl facing Virginia Tech. So oh that would gosh. be. <laughs> I mean, that would be none of the armed, armed services branches are playing in the military bowl this year. I don't, I don't think so. Wow. Virginia Tech has so. a, a vibrant corps of cadets. Jordan, they That's are true. basically military institutions. Yeah. Well, I'm not just uh, those troops. Um. So. Yeah. That was yeah, I would be surprised. I also think if Mike Houston's smart, he waits another year, and I think he's got things building at East Carolina. And maybe if he wins like eight or nine games next year, all of a sudden, who knows what can happen? And you I can, think you go walk into a, go I think he'd be really smart just to hang out until Mac Brown sails off in the sunset. I mean, it, it's it's kind of. I think I that's Mac Brown had been, a head coach in waiting installed over there, though. I don't, I don't know, know that he does. I don't think he does. It's always kind of been like an assumption that like, oh, the UNC job. I mean, he did at Texas his. like 10 years ago. I mean, that's crazy that he wouldn't now. The man is ancient, but. Who was that guy? I don't, we're not, this is a happy time for my program. All right, we're, we're moving program. forward. All right, the, the, the program is on the way up. That was the start of all of this, all of this <laughs> man. It was, was Mac Brown's damn head coach in waiting at Texas. He will. He will not be named for a while Indeed. longer. So, anyways, I'd be surprised as my the there's a there's a whisper going around on the twitters, and this, there's almost I have no way of knowing if this is actually credible or not because um, I'm not in those circles. But uh, the notorious Bob has been batted around. 
Bill, yes. Bill I have heard this as well. Yeah. Bill O'Brien doing a, I mean, oof, very stinky, very stinky. Um, he has not. He, coached, he has two years of head coaching experience in college, I believe. Yeah, and, yeah, and he did them. Houston. He did them. I mean, yeah. he did a good job at Penn State, especially given all the sanctions they were under yeah. um, at the time. But I mean, doesn't exactly move the needle. But here's the thing with the, the vibe I get from Virginia Tech is that I don't know that it's, I think it's fun to do a coaching search, but like all accounts are Virginia Tech was like really trying to get in on Billy Napier at first too. Like they were trying to do sort of the sensible program builder route. And then I think they just, a, a bigger fish stole, stole that from them. Um, you know, I think Virginia Tech is looking for a guy who's not really going to move the needle that much. They like a defensive oriented unit. They like their teams to just be like tough pain in the teams. It would appear more than, um, you know, like flashy situation, yeah, it, but I mean, they like to win too and everybody likes to win. So that, that would be, that should be the goal. Well, in the last like 36 hours is why I think if I, if I had a superpower or had my choice of suit choice of superpowers, one of them would be just like all, all knowing in situations of these matters. Like I want to know, <laughs> I want to know what all the big boards looked like at any given point. Yeah. How it process. actually went down. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. let me see. Let me see how Virginia Tech big board looked week six compared to how <laughs> it looked when they reached the buyout agreement compared to how it looks tonight. Yeah. That is fascinating to me. Oh, definitely. Um, all right. So no more Josh Gaddis Virginia Tech rumors. That's 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 quieted down. I haven't heard any for a bit. What they want you to exactly. You would think his. You would think his name has got to be just, just a hot iron, uh, just a hot poker right now after that performance in the big house this weekend. Um, yeah, maybe right. he wants to go coach Oklahoma. Yeah, this is true. All right, so we got some other jobs that are open. Troy is open. I don't know that we're going to prognosticate anyone there. Fresno, couldn't tell you. Um, maybe Jeff Tedford back for like the fifth time at, at Fresno. Akron is open. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. You know, Terry Bowden had the zips. Akron and Joe I saw Moorhead Akron have, been, have been mentioned. Joe yeah. Moorhead should go to Virginia Tech. No, he should go to Akron. <laughs> I like Akron better. <laughs> uh, zips. Jordan, would you like Joe Moorhead to come live in one of Oh my gosh! America's greatest give him, places. Give him one of the room, one of the homes on the lawn if he wants it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You you give Joe Moorhead, just, Brennan Armstrong, Dontavian Wicks, and Lavelle Davis next year. They're gonna score seventy points a game. They're gonna hit the over by themselves in every. Hooping, hooping, hooping. Oh. Yeah, that would be fun. That's still find a way to lose Virginia Tech. It would like be like snowing sideways, and Brennan Armstrong's arm would like get run over by a bus on the way to the stadium or something. Yeah, it is in Blacksburg next year, so it will do something sideways. Uh, all right, FIU is open again. Weird vibes. FIU they missed the bus on uh, uh, Sun Belt expansion. Things do not appear to be going well there. Um, they posted their job on LinkedIn as available before they fired their coach. Uh, their coach then comes out and says that they're using like Mississippi State's hand-me-down equipment and they haven't got new jerseys for like the last five years, which, you know, not a good been look. there. I played, I played soccer at Harrisburg High School, been there, but, you know, that's, that's a Harrisburg High School issue, not, shouldn't be a, a college sport issue. So, um, 
yeah, I, I, this job is in Miami, and I think we're a little bit past the like, oh, it's in Miami. They should be able to take all the kids that no one else wants and just be awesome at football. It's like, yeah, I think a lot of people have that exact same thought now. So it, it, that's a tough job. I, I don't know that I would be super thrilled to throw my my hat in that ring. I agree. Joe Moorhead, come on down. No, okay. So Louisiana Tech, Skip Holtz is out. Is this the last Holtz? Last Holtz standing? The last of the Holtzes. Uh, he's out, so that job's open. Not a Holtz terrible sign. job. I mean, that's that job has been decent at times. Jeff Driscoll had them humming a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember that. That's NFL tight end Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> a proud Florida quarterback tradition. I, I got nothing for Louisiana Tech. All right. I think we missed this. Rod Carey was fired a few weeks ago at Temple. That was never a good fit. I think he was Northern, Northern Illinois' head coach uh, and came over and just things didn't go well there. That happened um, today. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I thought this was like – I thought it was – maybe it's been inevitable for a while. I, I don't think – That's probably right. Things have been going well. I know oh, there no, was – No, that, that happened this morning. I know there was a young man before who, the world shifted like four times who transferred. Well, yeah, that's why I missed the temple firing. That's, you know, that's on me. Got we'll swallowed. get it fixed. We'll get it fixed. Um, there was a guy from Florida, a running back transferred up there to play. And he went on sort of a, a Twitter screed a few weeks ago, just lambasting the, the coaching staff about how they lied to him. They haven't let him play this year. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of accusations being bandied about. I'm not saying that that got him fired, but it did not seem that he was fostering a a culture of inclusiveness and honesty and all of the things that you know the football coaches like to beat their chests about. So, um, you know, probably couldn't happen to a better guy. All right, shout out to Oklahoma, wide open Oklahoma. So how are we? What are we thinking? What are we thinking here? I think there are some scenarios. There's the 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 three-headed Stoops monster doomsday scenario in which all the Stoops brothers band together <laughs> on one coaching staff. Um, Stoop no, the the mega Stoop. I don't think I don't think that happens, but kind of weird that Bob Stoops just immediately becomes yeah, the, interim the interim head coach. coach. Like 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 the offensive. Well, I mean, like so who I was, knows? I mean, I who was knows like, when, who went with? Yeah. I think uh, I think Alex Grinch, the DC, went has at least That's he correct. traveled with. Uh, he did. He um, announced them. He announced the, them this afternoon. Of course, the strength coach did, and uh, someone else did. So, the wide receivers coach, I believe. So, yeah. um, guys, guys, I want to go back to Notre Dame real quick. Um, <laughs> okay, please. I, I just saw a tweet uh, with a screenshot of Coach Kelly's text message to the team. Ah, yep. I saw that as well. That <laughs> that was sent through. Uh, an app that I actually helped roll out at UVA when I was a student worker there. So I've okay. got a little uh, experience with this which, app. Uh, which you, app is that? You can bleep it out because they're not paying us. It's oh, is that? Okay, we use that as well. Yeah. 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 So I remember like rolling this thing out and yeah. and like great, great product, great idea. Um, but it's just so <laughs> funny that like it it's making the the national news this way. Just, that, that's probably the most famous t- you gotta sprinkle, gotta sprinkle a little bit for the shareholders there. There's, yeah, but I, I, I think I would just like to read this text message into the record because of how absurd it is. <laughs> um, so it says, "Men, dot dot dot. Let me first apologize for the late night text, and more importantly, for not being able to share the news with you in person <laughs> that I will be leaving Notre Dame." More importantly, 
I am flying back to South Bend tonight to be able to meet with you in the morning, but the news broke late today, and I'm sorry you found out through social media or news reports. I will have more to share when we meet tomorrow at 7 a.m., but for now, just know that my love for you is limitless, and I am so proud of all that you have accomplished. Our program is elite because of your hard work and commitment, and I know that will continue. I will share more in the morning when we meet. Again, my sincere apologies for not being able to be the one to share the news directly with you, Coach Kelly. My love for you is limitless. Is an all-time <laughs> college football. From, from Brian Coach Kelly. Kelly. So, I mean, this is crazy. So, I mean, is Notre Dame going to make the playoff? They might. They might. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. And, like, not even that unrealistic. Interim head coach Marcus Freeman is going to oh. take take them. Well, there's a there's funnier if he takes also, a job. Also, come on down, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, you like can, what if he takes a job let's before go. that gets decided? Freeman? Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to leave Notre Dame out of the playoff because their coach isn't coaching? Like, is that no, like one, of the, is that one of the things interested. where they're like, uh, oh, you know, uh, Coach K had a bad back for a few weeks, so Duke can still be a number one seed, even though they lost seven games in conference this year. You know, are we it was looking, like one are of those. Are interim coach Tommy Reese down the barrel? <laughs> oh, pop gun, oh, pop gun arm himself. Oh, can't throw it 30 yards if he steps into it and has wind at his back. Short arm and throwing quarterback Tommy Reese. Love that. Wow. All right, so Oklahoma, real quick, Oklahoma, do we have any? I mean, what about Matt Campbell? Does Matt Campbell make sense in Oklahoma? Would they do that? Would he want to do that? SEC recruiting, Matt Campbell. I don't think so. I think if his goal is the NFL, he should just stay put for a couple more years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. The, God knows the Bears will be available sooner or later. Probably like next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has to be. Uh, in which case, who you plug it in at Iowa State, man? Um, all right. All right, Notre Dame. I mean, I think the obvious candidate is Luke Fickle. <laughs> I guess oh, I mean, it seems almost too easy. I'm just, I'm just so tired. Um, yeah, Luke, <laughs> Luke Fickle seems to be the candidate. I think it seems like Freeman will likely get some buzz. Although he was, I mean, he was Cincinnati's defensive coordinator two years ago, and he has not been a head coach. And it's a big job, but Notre Dame's in good shape. He knows the, he knows the deal over there. So maybe he can keep some of the staff together and whatnot. It would appear that uh, Kelly is likely not going to be taking all of his staff with him to LSU, given how this has gone down. Um, I saw some other reports on, on the Twitters. Guys are out recruiting. Um, not happy. Know, not not happy about news coming out when they are, you know, say, sitting in people's living rooms. So this is weird. Unprecedented times. In these what, unprecedented times. What about times, a coach for Notre Dame who's already at a uh, allegedly religious faith-based institution who runs an exciting offense. Dave Aranda? No. All right, a little closer to Harrisonburg. I don't I don't know. I, uh, David Cutcliffe? Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze. Dude, okay, so, I mean, that that is a good segue into my next segment of the coaching carousel. Coaches that are not on the move and have signed extensions. Top of the list, Hugh Freeze. Actually got an extension. And I feel like the the... Hugh maybe needs another year to, to show some things. Did not go well for Liberty this year. I think they came in a little overhyped and didn't live up to it. Malik Willis was not great. 
not he was good. He was not great, and I don't. I, I just think there was some some general disappointment there. Um, but yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, well, I think like I think I would hate that for Notre Dame, but it'd be a tremendous. Contact. I think I would like to see this uh, link that you shared with us. It would be smart to make a list of notable coaches who have not signed big extensions uh, okay. over the last couple of weeks. Like Riley was one of those us. guys, and turns out uh-huh. uh, we now know why. Because <laughs> he's been recruiting for USC for six months. Yeah, <laughs> he's been a what a boss. Agent. All right, real quick. Uh, oh, yeah, Louisiana is open, too. I don't really know who the natural fit at Louisiana is. I'm sorry. Um, Deion Sanders. <laughs> Jeff Halfley. Boston College got an extension. Hugh Freeze. Liberty got an extension. P.J. Fleck. Actually, Minnesota, low-key pretty good year, 8-4. and four. I, I think maybe there were some rumblings that rowing the boat was not going so well at the beginning of this year, but they they righted, they righted the ship, if you will. Ah. Allow me the ability to continue with this metaphor. Um, and he got an extension. Nebraska. Uh, Scott Frost did not get an extension. His contract was restructured, but he has been retained. Mike Gundy got an extension at Oklahoma State. Our boy Jonathan Smith at Oregon State has done a good job getting them out of the absolute dregs of the bottom of the Pac-12. So that's good enough to get you an extension at Oregon State. Uh, James Franklin continues just to be a finesse god, unlike the witch we have never seen before, and uh, got extended at Penn State. Jeff Trailer. Also, uh, got extended just in time to give up like 90 points to North Texas and lose randomly this weekend. Uh, and Dave Clawson, the Clawfence, author of the Clawfence, has been extended. So um, that's that's the. I mean, that how many jobs is that? Did we just talk about like 30? Like a quarter of of FBS. Yeah. Football. and that you know you know there's going to be more. I mean, I don't know if there's any NFL yeah, situations. We, we should announce we are recording this on monday night uh, this picture is going to look a lot different when this episode comes out Wednesday this is morning. fresh as of yeah. 10 50 p.m on monday right yeah we're, we're reacting to the brian kelly news uh note pretty much in real time um one last thing to touch on it is transfer portal season there are some big names hitting the portal uh spencer rattler we mentioned uh oklahoma quarterback has hit the portal Jaden hazelwood Oklahoma's, uh, I think their number one wide receiver um, has as well. And then two running backs, uh, Zach Evans from uh, TCU and Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. I think Evans was a five-star. He might be like the number 10 overall recruit in the country in the 2020 class. He was really good. He had committed to Florida at one point. He had committed to Georgia at one point. He would appear to maybe have some troubles uh, off the field issues, as, as they might say. Um, and then, uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, I saw him, he's really good. I, I, you know, some, someone's going to get a stud with him. He probably just didn't want to play, uh, for Georgia tech anymore. So I, you know, sorry, but I, I kind of get it. So, um, those are the, probably the big four names that are out there. There's, I've seen, you know, the laundry list of others, uh, that kind of come along with all this, but if the coaches are going to be able to move like this, um, good on the kids for getting out there and hitting the portal. Absolutely. All right. You guys, that was, that was, that was a lot. So do you have any, any uh, final things to, uh, to wrap up there? I think, I think I'm tapped out. 
<laughs> what would be what would be the doomsday scenario uh virginia tech hire for you jordan doomsday as a uva fan yes it would be a splashy name who is also competent like um, matt campbell like matt campbell okay gotcha yeah yeah i think i'm i'm kind of wearing a little weird weary of uh bronco mendenhall um he was he was like splashy and competent in like a a, a way that i I'm disappointed by. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think like I, don't know what I was to thinking say. about this today. If I am Carla Williams, the athletic director at UVA, I wouldn't necessarily force any staff changes on him, but I would make it clear that we expect to see improvement in these areas and yeah. you you will receive a little bit more grace if staff changes are made in terms of kind of the benchmarks that yeah. that we're looking to hit. So I am curious as to how and I know at Virginia it's like I'm I don't think there's an expectation that Virginia should be recruiting at a top 15 level or a top 25 level or even a top 50 level in some cases, but I am interested globally in how a athletic director weighs recruiting success um well carla came from georgia so she so knows what she's a, a legendary bag bag woman yeah um like yeah, i think I they guess signed I'm, a top 25 class this past cycle um where are any of these guys do they play are they allowed to play well that's that's what i i have no I mean, idea. this is this is like very very dan mullenish is all i'm saying like they, these are a lot of these issues I'm not saying they're refusing to play good guys because they, they probably aren't, but like someone like Bronco who likes to stand up there and talk about like all the introspection he does and like meditating and yoga and fly fishing and stuff. It's like, well, Hey man, how about you think about who should play football on your team and, yeah. and, and, and decide to play like better guys or, or acquire better guys somehow like I, yeah, or, or acquire better coaches. Bron Bronco to this point strikes me as the type of coach who the guys who know the system will play over the guys who are maybe more talented, which I oh, yeah. don't necessarily think is a good approach. Um, if those more talented guys are going to end up playing anyway, like let's baptize them by fire. They can miss tackles just like Joey Blunt can. Like it, it's, it's, Oh, and Joey Blunt, he can worse. miss some tackle. I'm going to miss this tackle so loud. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to miss this MF tackle. <laughs> so so loud. Uh, anyhow. All right. Jason's sick of us uh at this point so i would never be jason <laughs> shout out to kurt and coach signetti getting that getting getting that bump when it comes up eventually right uh yeah probably yeah, <laughs> yeah sure why not yeah probably yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as jordan's check clears <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds good all right thank you for joining us on the wheel route podcast we will be back later this week to talk about championship week and god knows another three days of coaching carousel hilarity to ensue um, we're on the internet. You can find us thewheelroute.com. We have Twitter at the wheel route, and then you can send emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com if you have hot tips about coaches or you know you want to drop some drop some bags allegedly just to Jordan and Logan, not to not to anyone else associated with this program. Um, until we meet again, we love you and go Gators. Go who's go Dukes. Go Dukes.